Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Your host, Paul, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and the brand new book, Best Business Practices for Landscapers, now available on Audible. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome to today's program. I am a happy camper today because Mike Pletz is going to be quarterbacking the show today. He is from Toronto, Canada, host of the How to Hardscape podcast, and he launched his hardscaping business back in 2017, and he's going to share his story today with us and how in those early days he found some work that paid the bills, but... He wasn't passionate about what he was doing and uh, made some pivots to figure out the work that actually got his creative juices flowing and he could be profitable doing. Uh, So he's going to share how we can be set up for success in our business, whether you're doing hardscaping or landscaping. I'm telling you guys, Mike is a smart guy and uh, really look forward to hearing from him in today's program. And we appreciate him taking the time to invest some knowledge into us today. We also want to say thank you to today's show sponsor, another Canadian company, Jobber. They are our friends up there, and uh, we appreciate all they do to partner with us here at the Green Industry Podcast. Now, Jobber is a business management software that's going to help make the invoicing and paying those invoices and all of that communication with your customer convenient for your customer. Convenience is king and your customers don't want some raggedy invoice that's got coffee stains on it and they're got to go through a pile of mail to find it no they pay their hbo bill or netflix or whatever they pay the uh i don't know at&t verizon all of that stuff right they have all that on auto pay they don't want to think about it They're busy with life. We want to make things convenient for our customers. Jobber can help us do that. They have a very simple, um, easy to use platform where you can invoice your customer. Your customer can pay with their card or even better in some uh, cases, you can actually just get your customer's card on file and charge it. Of course, you're going to want to have that in writing and you know, have agreement with them, but you can make things even easier for them by just having a card on file and charging it when you do the work. And so I appreciate the easiness that Jobber has made it for me to be able to do all the invoicing and sending estimates to customers and things of that nature. Uh, It really puts a professional touch, uh, which makes your uh, credibility go up with your customer and that convenience factor for sure. Get jobber.com forward slash Paul if you'd like to try them out for a free trial. So without further ado, friends, we're going to switch things up today, try something a little fresh. I pulled this one out of Fullerton's playbook with a podcast takeover. So enjoy my friend from the How To Hardscape podcast. Here is Mike Pletz. What's happening, Green Industry Podcast listeners? Thank you so much for having me today, Paul Jamison. He had me take over today's episode of the Green Industry Podcast. So I hope that you are able to listen to my voice instead of uh, Paul's radio voice here today. I really appreciate you tuning in to today's episode. And again, thank you so much, uh, Paul Jamison, for allowing me to take over one of the episodes of the Green Industry Podcast. I am Mike Plus. 
Kletz. I'm the host of the How to Hardscape podcast. I'm also the owner of a small hardscape business in the Toronto, Canada area. And I actually started my business for about four years ago now. I'm going to be telling you a story about how I started my business, how I positioned my business, and how that affected the types of clients that were coming into my business and how I wanted to change that. I'm sure that this story will maybe resonate with some of you that maybe just started their business or at a point in their business where they're not satisfied with the clientele that is reaching out to them consistently through word of mouth. But to start off, I, I started my podcast a couple of years ago, not knowing what what else was out there in this green industry. I didn't know about the community that was there. I didn't know about other podcasts or anything in this space, really. And I thought uh, my, my research for the to know who was out there doing podcasts in this space and who was, you know, out there creating a website around and, and creating content was to just go to a podcast app, type in Hardscape. Nothing came up. I thought, oh, I might as well start a Hardscape podcast. And then shortly after, I found out about this podcast, the Green Industry Podcast. And I started listening to it and just what Paul brings to this industry is really incredible with the podcasts, with the quantity of podcasts as well that he's putting out there. Quality and quantity, uh, I, I believe, need to go hand in hand when it comes to creating not only a podcast, but content, content, content that resonates with people consistently. And I found that Paul's green industry podcast here is really something incredible that he's built up to what it is today, where he's releasing in content for us to listen to day in and day out, wherever we may be. I'm always in need of more audio content to listen to on the job site, on the road, wherever it might be. And I just want to say thank you to Paul for putting that out there for us in this industry and I want to get into today talking about the story of my business, how I got started, where I am today, and kind of give you that story because it's easy for me to say something like the type of work you do attracts the type of clients that you will get or knowing your numbers is so important but the story really provides context around that. And I hope the story, you can find something in there that resonates with you that will help you in your business to tweak something or whatever it may be. I hope that this story of how I started my business, where I am today and where I hope to go tomorrow is something that brings value to you as you listen to this. So I started my business in 2017 and my background was that I worked for a hardscape supplier for many, many years. And I came to a point where I was doing so much work on the side that I was making more money working part day Saturday and all day Sunday doing these side jobs uh, than I was working six days a week at the stone supplier. Now, I, I loved working at the stone supplier. It was awesome experience. I love the people that I worked with. And uh, it was difficult to kind of put that behind me. But it was either I was going to continue to work for them and make a career out of that, or I was going to start my own hardscape business. And it just made sense for me as uh, the person that I am to 
go out on my own and to start that hardscape business. Now, I identified a part of the market where I knew that I could leverage the relationships that I've made over the years with the contractors that came into the hardscape supplier, as well as to not start out right away with huge overhead expenses that I wasn't ready to take on, especially with my personal financial situation, that uh, I, I knew that it was just the perfect fit for me at the time. And even going back to it, I wouldn't have changed that. I would have still continued with the direction that I took. And that was lift and relays or maintenance work for pavers because in the north where we experience freeze-thaw cycles throughout the year, it just seems to be that projects that may not have been built up to engineering standards or, you know, just something that went wrong on a project caused it to heave or sink or things go wrong with that project. And the client then has has a choice to make. Do they redo the whole thing or they do they lift the pavers Relevel and relay them, and that's a lift and relay. And this this maintenance side of things is a really huge market, especially in, in climates that experience freeze thaw cycles like we do here in Canada. And that is where I wanted to position myself in my business starting out because contractors that are established and have this huge overhead, they can't put their equipment to work like they can on a new build hardscape project where they're doing the excavation, they're bringing in base material. On a lift and relay, you're having to do a lot more labor, which is in lifting the pavers, palletizing them somewhere, re-leveling, and then taking those pavers and putting them back down. It's a really labor-intensive job as opposed to equipment-heavy. And so with that being said, contractors with their overhead costs of a piece of equipment, multiple pieces of equipment, still need to price in their equipment for that type of work. So they tend to be on the higher aspect, on the higher end of these lift and relay estimates. And for that reason, they tend to just push those estimates, push those projects that come into their lead funnel aside. And they don't have somebody that they can necessarily trust to take on that type of work that's a smaller contractor that can provide a, a solid quote to that client. So they end up saying no a lot and they don't want to have to say no to prospective clients. They want somebody that they can hand that off to, but it needs to be somebody that they trust. And that's where I knew that I fit in with my business a perfect niche market that I could add a lot of value in. So that is where I snuck into the market and immediately started to take on work right away and filled up my schedule for that first year quite easily, actually, and quite profitably because I didn't have to go out and invest a lot of money in equipment right away. I had my jobs coming in and I was able to have a, a nice profitable first season and getting my feet wet into the industry. Now, the second season, I planned on doing the same thing, these lift and relays. And it just so happened that to start the season, I got this call from a client that's in this protected neighborhood that you can't market in or anything like that. And I knew this was my opportunity to get a fo foothold in this market that needed a lot of lift and relays. So I priced this job fairly uh, below a competitive market just to get my business in this area because I know that this is an area that if they saw me working, uh, a young person working 
really hard to establish themselves. I think that this older generation seeing that would want me to continue with a lot of their projects. So I did that, and that's exactly what happened. For the remainder of that season, I was basically in this small little subdivision doing driveway lift and relay after driveway lift and relay. And once again, an extremely profitable season. But I hit one thing. I hit one thing that I was not expecting with these lifting relays, and that was I really hate lifting relays. I did not quite expect to hit this burnout that I did partway through this season, but it just seemed that doing the same thing over and over again was just too much for me to handle. I wanted to be more creative with what I was doing. And even though my business was lift and relays, every once in a while, I would get this design build project that snuck into my leads that were coming in. And I hopped on that right away. And those were the projects that I found to revitalize my passion for hardscaping, for hardscapes that I wanted to go into more. And these were also projects that I was getting when I was working on the side and I knew that I needed to pivot my business right and then in there if I wanted to continue in the long term with a hardscape business. So that right there is when I started to do that pivot. And when I started to do that pivot, that meant that I had to start turning down these lift and relay projects that I didn't want to take on that just didn't fit my business model anymore. And that can be hard to do to say no to work coming in, especially when you're just starting out. But I knew that was for the better. And the reason I knew that was for the better was because the work that I was continuously getting was the based on the work that I had already been doing. So these lift and relay projects brought in more lift and relay projects, brought in more lift and relay projects for the same type of clientele. The work that you do tends to be the work that you continuously get. And I knew that in this pivot, I needed to turn down that work nice and slowly. And I found that the design build projects that I'd already done, those projects were bringing in the leads of more design build projects. Again, the work that you do tends to be the work that you bring in. More of the work that you do tends to be the work that you are known for through that word of mouth lead structure that comes into your business, which is the most valuable for establishing that brand in your business. Now, If you want to get into hardscaping, I really do recommend that lift and relay business. It has a, there's huge opportunity for you in that business. There's low overhead and you will learn so much in being able to do these lift and relays. There's lots of resources out there that we also go through with how to hardscape on how you can establish this in your business or to uh, pivot your lawn or landscaping business into more of these projects. But with the opportunity that's there with these lift and relays, the connections that you can make with contractors in your area to be able to take on their leads where they are turning down these lift and relays or whatever it might be. This has a lot of opportunity, especially this, especially since it is a systematizable business. I hope that's a word, a systematizable business, because essentially what you're doing is picking up the pavers and putting them back down. You don't have to rely on a design. You don't have to rely on something 
customizable. The design is already set for you. So you can actually hire somebody in your business to be able to do this and to scale this up much easier than customizing each project for every single project that's coming into your business for these design builds. Now, I realize that, but I also want to be passionate about my business day in and day out. And I'm also an owner operator. I own a small company and I want to be in the field for now. So until I'm not ready to be in the field anymore, I'm not ready to scale up a lift and relay business. I want to do something that I'm passionate about, which is those design builds. So I hope that helps you in kind of thinking about if you're starting a landscaping business, starting a lawn care business, or are kind of disappointed in the contracts, in the clientele that you have right now in your business, that you can pivot beyond where you are now. You can start to say no and to bring on the clients that you want in order to scale your business to where you want it to be. Essentially, what I did to be able to do this and to be able to get where I am now, I set a three to five year plan to say, I'm not going to say no to every lift and relay project that comes my way, but I'm going to try to upsell them towards replacing and getting a new design for their lift and relay project. Or if it's a nice big lift and relay project, you know what? I'm going to take it on because with the product shortages that we're experiencing right now, I can slip those, those projects into our schedule nice and easily. I'm not waiting on product. Uh, if I'm waiting on product for one design build project, I can just go to that lift and relay, do it, come back when that product is ready for the project that I'm currently on. Slip them here and there into our schedule. But basically, I set a three to five year plan to completely get rid of these lift and relay projects and to slowly transition away from them, taking on projects that mean a lot more to me and to that set myself up and my business up for success. And in doing so, that also means that I need to take on more overhead costs like purchasing equipment and to uh, scale my business and to set marketing budgets to, to be able to bring more leads in that I can say yes or no to. home ready to relax after a hard day's work and find that your bookkeeping demands your time truth be told you can't give it your full energy or focus it just sits there most nights untouched continually haunting you it's costing you good decision making and your peace of mind gulf coast bookkeeping provides a bookkeeping solution to landscapers that is guaranteed to give you back your time and your peace of mind you can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute call don't trick yourself into thinking you can handle it all. It won't be long before you're saying no to new clients or skipping dinner with your family and friends, all because your bookkeeping needs are unfinished. Let us take care of your green so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com. The hardscapeacademy.com is the place to get the skills and training you and your crew need to excel as a professional hardscaper. You'll learn all the techniques and best practices to properly install pavers and retaining walls. You'll have access to online video training courses, in-person apprenticeships, comprehensive guides, and customizable business forms. Plus, there are two free courses which cover everything slab. If you're serious about mastering your skills, abilities, efficiency, and bottom line, the hardscapeacademy.com is for you 
And that link is in today's show notes. You can count on Jobber to keep your business organized. Manage your business and back and forth with customers from one place. Estimate, quote, schedule, invoice, get paid, no software experience required. Friends, you can save 20% off your first six months at getjobber.com forward slash Paul or click on the link in today's show notes to try out the business management software that I've been using for years, Jobber. So that's where budgeting comes in. And when it comes to budgeting, this is this is how I do it in my business. This is how I tackle things. I first set goals in my business where I want to be next year, the year after, in the three-year mark in my business, and then an extra five-year mark if need be. And what those goals do is they help me to establish a budget for my business in that year. So right now I'm working on my budget for 2022. We don't do any snow work in my business. We shut down for the winter, get back into it in the spring. So I've got a little bit more time right now to establish my budget for 2022. And what that looks like is I think about what pieces of equipment I'm going to purchase for that year. And I set the amount that that's going to cost me for that year. Now, if it's tools, smaller pieces of equipment under about $500, I'll set like uh, a dollar amount that I'm going to be spending that year on that specific type of equipment. And what that does is it helps me recoup that cost for every quote that goes out because I set the amount of working days that I have to recoup that cost. Now with larger pieces of equipment, this is where that two, three, five year budget comes into play. So with that, what I do is I say in three years, I want to own a skid steer, but I want to start saving for that skid steer right now. So in three years, I split that skid steer cost up and I insert that into my budget. Now that might inflate my numbers a little bit too much, which then comes down to playing with that number a little bit. So I say maybe in three years, I wanna have a half down payment on that skid steer ready in my operating account that I can then go put down on that skid steer to help me get started with it. But I still need to incorporate that yearly payment into my budget to be able to recoup that for however many working days that I have established for myself in my budget. And I do that with everything in my budget. I do that with employees, employee raises, employee overtime that I'm, I'm budgeting. I do that with smaller pieces of equipment. So when my compactor is ready to be upgraded in three years, I've already got that money set aside in my operating account that I can just go off and purchase that compactor with that money set aside. And that money is charged out all to my past clients each and every day. And that is how I plan to grow my business. Not from using my salary to reinvest into my business, not from taking profits to reinvest into my business, but to ensure sure that I'm constantly charging what I'm worth and charging for what my future company is worth. 
because I know the work that I do is quality. I know the projects that I churn out for my clients is quality. And we also do lots of client services beyond just when we're done. We go out there, we meet with our clients again and again to make sure that they're happy to fix any problems that may arise. So our customer service is second to none as well. And we need to be charging appropriately for that. So I'm charging like I am the business that I want to be three years down the road today to be able to, when I'm ready to purchase that piece of equipment or when I'm ready to hire an accountant to look at my books more often, that I'm not even having to think about it because that money is there. I've already been charging like I'm talking to an accountant every month. I'm already charging like I have a bookkeeper. I'm already charging the way I need to, to not even think about making taking that action when I'm ready to. And that continues into taking owner salary in your budgeting. That continues to say, hey, I if I was to replace myself in my business, if something were to happen to me in the market, this is how much I would have to pay to get somebody to take over my role for me. This is my market value as an owner. This is the salary that I need to be paying myself. Now, whether or not you ultimately take that salary is besides the point. The point is that you're budgeting for who you are as an owner in your business, and that's being charged out to each and every client, each and every project that you take on in your business. You can pay yourself those that salary and then take any money and reinvest it into the business as you see fit and talk to an accountant to be able to do that. But ultimately, owner's salary is completely different even from profit. Because if you take your owner's salary and you consider that profit, you are not a profitable business. Profit is everything above everything we've talked about so far in terms of equipment purchase, in terms of owner salary, profit is your return on investment for operating your business. And if you are not making more than eight to 10%, you are not profitable enough. You're not valuing yourself enough. You might as well just take that money that you're investing into your business and put it into a broad range index fund that gets you 8% annually on average return on investment because there's no risk in that for you. Your business is absolutely a risk, especially if you hire employees, especially if you work in the field. Things might and may go wrong in your business, and that is a risk that you take as a business owner, and you need to be compensated appropriately for that risk. So an 8 to 10% profit margin is not an appropriate amount to take in terms of profit for that risk that you take on as a business owner. And that's where I'm going to leave it just for now. Paul said 20, 25 minutes, wrap it up, Mike. And I just want to say thank you to listening. If you made it to the end here, if you want to hear more about what I've been talking about, go ahead on over to the How to Hardscape podcast, subscribe to it, whatever you need to do. Uh, we cover lots of different topics beyond hardscaping. We talk about business ownership. We have experts from accountants, bookkeepers to sales professionals and everything in between on our show to talk about growing your business in 
any part of the green industry. It'll bring you value. And if you want more from what we're putting out there, go to YouTube and type in I'm a Hardscaper and subscribe there, especially if you want to learn more about hardscaping, especially if you want to learn more about and have visuals to what I talked about today or anything I talk about on the How to Hardscape podcast. That is the place to go. I would love it if you reach out to us again, also on at How to Hardscape on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this information that I talked about today. If anything resonated for you, I would love to know and I would love to hear from you. And once again, Paul, thank you so much for allowing me to take over your green industry podcast for the day. This really does mean a lot to me. It, uh, I've told you this before and I'll tell you this again. I don't know how you put out such quality content day in and day out as consistently as you do in the value that you bring the green is- industry. I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next time. Well, a big thank you to Mike for quarterbacking today's show. I hope that his stories added value to your life. And you guys can definitely see that Mike is passionate about the numbers and pure profit and really structuring your business so that you can actually, like he said, be set up for success and actually win in business financially and also emotionally that you're doing work that you actually enjoy doing. It's satisfying. I mean, you will get burnt out. If you're just doing something for the money with those lifting relays or, uh, you know, that's a whole nother world that I'm, I've never done that job before, but I couldn't imagine day in and day out just doing something you don't enjoy doing. I, I mean, I've done that before, you know, I was a server at a restaurant before and, oh man, I, I remember like my first week I had the, I was like, how do you put all the waters and, and, uh, Cokes and, and all that drinks on that train? It doesn't like spill, you know, I just hold it in the middle or whatever, you know, I'm like, so I go out and there's this guy, you could tell he's rich. Just, he was all dressed real nice. He was with his daughter and, and, uh, her children, I guess his grandchildren. And they did, they just look like they were big money. Right. And they're sitting at the table and I walk up with the tray of waters with lemons. Right. And I'm, you know, I got my hand here underneath the uh, tray holding all the waters. I'm all nervous. And this thing spills everywhere. And I spill all the water. It falls on the guy uh, who's paying for the dinner, you know, for dinner and, and just drenched. I was like a puddle because uh, all the water spilled on him. And they were so sweet. His wife's like, oh, it's OK. It's OK. And my boss, the same guy, I put the ladder through his house. Uh, you know, his face is all red. And he's looking at me like, <laughs> you know, I thought you, I thought you had experience. I was like, well, I, I worked at a dining hall <laughs> in college. But anyway. I digress, Mike. I get the point of doing work that you you don't like doing. Um, when you own the business, it's not like you can like complain about. It's like, well, who, you're the boss. I'm the boss. We we get we gotta uh, set ourselves up for success. And uh, Marty, don't let me retake this. Oh man, uh, Mr. Producer, giving me the signals that uh, this this train is about to wreck. All right, thanks again, Mike, for filling in to uh, today's episode. You guys can go over and support the. How to Hardscape podcast and follow him. He comes out with a fresh new episode every week. Incredible guest. He's had Mike McCowitz, Sean Van Dyke, um, 
Michael Stone, Greg Crabtree, many other uh, quality guests uh, on the How To Hardscape podcast. So tune on in to what Mike's got going on over there. We definitely appreciate him taking time out of his day to add value to our business. If you guys are listening in real time and it's before Christmas of 2021, you can save yourself 30% off over at GreenIndustryPodcast.com off our training programs, coaching, um, the rate increase letter, pricing matrix, those resources. Once you put it in your shopping cart, cha-ching, it will automatically reduce the price by 30%. And uh, that way, I would get you a little Christmas thank you for Mr. Producer and myself. And uh, hopefully you can load up on some resources uh, to really crush 2-2. So there we go. Is that good, Mr. Producer? We're going to keep that in one take, my friend, because I got to roll out. So <laughs> the excellence of broadcasting. Uh, Mike had it rolling. You think I could come in here and, and, and drop a quick little conclusion, but uh, not so fast, my friend. I, I got stories for days, Marty, but uh, we appreciate Mike uh, taking over today's show, guy. Go, go show him some love. Follow his podcast and uh, tell him thanks for being on the program today. And uh, we will hopefully catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening and thanks again, Mike Putz. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production. Hey, Houston, Khan's prices are invincible. That means prices have been cut low, as in amazingly low, as in won't be beat. In fact, we're backing it up with our low price guarantee. Invincible prices on appliances, furniture, electronics, mattresses, and more. Not invincible enough for you? How about free next day delivery on appliances, TVs, and mattresses? And payment options for everyone, whether you have good credit or building. Visit cons today and find out what invincible feels like.